Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. Hey, everybody. Phil Swanson here. Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. And I'm absolutely thrilled today to have the matriarch of the Frere King family, which is my mother's side, Hazel, a.k.a. Carzel Frerking on the podcast with me today, a woman who has been a huge positive influence in my life, in my faith, in the faith of all in her family, a grandmother, a great grandmother, and a wonderful woman. And I'm overdue to talk to her as it is, so it ended up being perfect timing. So welcome to the show, Carzel. How are you, Grandma? I'm doing very well, Philip, and it's good to hear your voice. Good to hear yours, too. Grandma, tell a little bit about your life story just to give our listeners some context on where you're from and some of your background. Well, I am the fifth child of George and Stella Thurman. I was born in a very small town east of Knoxville, Tennessee called Mascot. Grew up in a wonderful family. My parents were just godly, loving family. our, Our whole family had a wonderful experience growing up. I don't think anybody could have had kinder, more gentle parents than I. I think that was a great influence into the joy I find in my life because I feel so thankful for all the blessings I've received. When I graduated high school, my brother's friend that he had uh, met coming back from service in California had been visiting us for several years. He always came to our family reunions My dad and mother thought very highly of him. His name is Robert Furking, which lovingly called Bob. We just became very good friends and started dating, and he was graduating uh, University of Tennessee and moving to Alabama to be with U.S. Steel, who had employed him at brought out of school, and uh, we were married. And I started my road for my future in Birmingham, Alabama. And we traveled a bit because he was in the IT field, which at that time, in order to get experience, you move from company to company because of the different languages. So we had quite an incredible experience moving around the country. We have five children, three born in Birmingham, one in Illinois, and one in Tennessee. The second of those children was Mary, who is Philip's mother. I was very blessed. And a wonderful mother at that. I know she'll appreciate that. <laughs> well, she but was you raised well, too. Son. That's a great story. So what drew you to Bob? Oh, immediately his faith. I had prayed that God would prepare a godly man for me, never expecting to get the answer I got. Bob, the minute we met, shared his faith with me. And I want to tell a little story that just, I think everyone should hear this, because God has blessed us so richly with wonderful godly children when Bob and I were on our honeymoon the first night, we had devotions after dinner. And I was so touched by that. Never expected it. Still get emotional. <laughs> but I knew then that I was in the right place with the right person. That's amazing. Very cool. It is. Bob, unfortunately, is not able to be with us today. He lived a, a very long and, and fulfilling life, and his family is a testament to that and all the great godly service that he did while he was on this earth. But talk a little bit about Bob and how he was a leader for the Furking family. 
Oh my! From the very beginning, he uh, we always we always had God's word in our mind, our life. We attended church regularly. He served in many capacities of leadership in the church. The most important thing with Bob is he loved people and he loved talking with people. Bob loved everybody. He just was a man of faith, a very realistic man, down-to-earth man, comfortable with everybody. He was just a great influence in my life because he taught me my faith. Being a Lutheran, he was able to teach me doctrine that I could never have gotten alone and help me with understanding. And I will forever be thankful for God for bringing him into my life. For sure. You and I have something in common, Grandma. Is that right? <laughs> because Bob taught me the catechism. Not that my parents didn't teach it to me as well, but I remember Bob specifically drilling me and, and asking me to memorize the catechism when I was, you know, six, seven years old in Ashcombe, Illinois, on the farm. I always remember Bible verse as you go, you know, around your table, speak to your children. And Bob did. I mean, I don't care where we were, walking in the car or anything. It always came back to sharing our faith. And the application was always there. And I think that's so important in this day and time for kids to hear it other than just Sunday morning. And the importance of, as I mean, as the Psalms say, meditate on it day and night. Absolutely. You know, if you're filling your mind with other things that aren't good for you, but you have music or, or messages from TV or, or whatever, and that's all you're filling your mind with, how can you expect to not be impacted by that? And conversely, how can you expect to be strong in, in your faith in those things if you're not constantly in those things? Mm -hmm. And it's important to share with people because everyone loves to share their faith. It's something that brings joy to our life. So rewarding in the long run. What advice do you have for young women today or any women today who may be discouraged or or really desiring, you said you were praying for a, a godly man to come into your life and didn't expect it to be Bob. What, what advice would you have for women today who might be waiting for a strong man to come into their life? Oh, I think it's so important to be patient. Wait on the Lord. Ask him, though. He is there for, your, for you. Just ask him to send someone into your life. And when you do find that person, be positive. Help him be the perfect helpmate, and you be the perfect helpmate. And it all starts with really respecting each other, sharing each other's burdens, and just having fun. I mean, learning to just sit down and relax and enjoy each other. And most women try too hard to do things right. And honestly, do any of us really know what right is except to be there for the other person and show love? And I think for women today, find joy in what you do, especially if you're a mother. I mean, make it the best experience any child could have and keep it positive. For sure. For sure. Let's flip it around. Time to, to give advice to the men. I'm sure you, oh, I, I know from experience, you had plenty of advice for Bob <laughs> <laughs> and no, the other, and your, and your sons no, and me. That's, what, that's uh, What's Wonderful. your advice for the young men who are, who are looking for that godly woman and oh. being patient as well? Absolutely. Keep yourself pure, number one. Think on the things that are good and 
my husband had a saying that I always remember when it comes to boy-girl relationship. To the boys, he said, now, sons, I want you to remember, there are only two kinds of women, pretty and prettier, and it's up to you to keep her prettier. And I think that's so important because a man must uplift his wife and hold her up to be admired and honored. That's the one command he's given. And if he does that, what woman couldn't love a man who does that? Dynamite. That's one of my favorite sayings of Grandpa. <laughs> he stuck with me. <laughs> I actually, I, I told that to my wife when we were dating. And uh, that, that one stuck with me a long time. Yeah. For sure. So your kids ended up wonderful and they all have wonderful families, my aunts and uncles, and obviously my parents and my, and my family. And what was your parenting strategy? What perspectives do you have on how you raised your kids? And is there anything you'd change specifically when you think back on it, on your approach to parenting? I think number one, to respect your children, always respect your children and expect them to honor and respect you. And I think a parent really does great misfortune to a child by allowing them to talk back with an angry voice or behave in an angry way without confrontation. Because God gave us children to train. That's our command as parents, to train the child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that's around God's word. And if there's one thing that I would really encourage the men, especially, and the women, constantly remind your child when you have to discipline them that you're obeying God. And that's why you want them to obey you, because by obeying you, they're obeying God. And number one, absolutely top priority for a parent is to do that lovingly and kindly. And don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry, if you've stepped out of line. That's the one thing I think that's most important in rearing children, to let them know that you're just a sinful person as well and that you have to grow in your faith constantly. I love that, Grandma, and and I think that advice is so wonderful. I think parents, and, and you see this all the time, and when I think of good leaders in organizations, in churches, you know, in, in business. They love people. And like you said, a lot of their job is teaching, making sure that they're teaching their people, doing it out of service and out of love and not out of telling people what to do and, and wanting more power. Right, right. And I think many times, and we all have to do it, examine ourselves that our motivation is in the right place. We right. often get caught up with ego and pride and forget that the motivation is really to enhance the other person. By doing that, you will enhance yourself. Definitely. It's that selfless motivation. Yeah. Consider others better than yourself. That's, that's the hardest Bible verse to keep in my mind. And by the way, the thing that I probably would change if I had it to do over is not be so worried about making sure the house is clean, doing things the way I think I should. I think I would have probably uh, taken more walks in the woods and not worried so much about the laundry. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell Eunice that because we can just stop stressing out about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Man, oh, man. I had to do the laundry or we would have all had it to the (laughs) sea. Man, oh, man. No, it was fun. I can honestly say there's no mother. I don't think there is a mother anywhere that enjoyed her family more than I did. 
truly, I had wonderful children, and it was fun every day. <laughs> That's awesome. We always loved coming to visit, and I would go driving through. You know, when I was in college, my parents had moved to Texas. I was still up in Michigan, and I would drive through all the way 26 hours. It was a little out of my way, and stop in Columbia, Missouri, and stay at Grandma and Grandpa's for a night or two. And those are fond those memories, were, thinking back. Those were highlights. And when you and Stephen were young, before James came, come for a visit, oh my gosh, that was just a highlight. <laughs> for sure. You all were wonderful son, grandchildren. Thinking back through your parenting years, and do you remember a specific challenge or obstacle that you faced that has really stuck with you as way more significant than the others? Be it a, you know, a physical challenge, a mental challenge, a spiritual challenge? I've had some physical challenges, but they've come later in life. I was quite healthy until uh, in the late 50s, I uh, developed breast cancer and uh, needed chemo and radiation. But I was also warned with my background that my, both my parents and grandparents on both sides of the family had heart conditions. I had inherited that, but had been very, very healthy, but they warned me that I might have uh, a heart attack because of the weakness, and I did. And then later I had to have bypass. But I really, I'm in very good shape. I always tell my doctor, I'm in very good shape for the shape I'm in because I've had a few other <laughs> little things on the side too that happened. <laughs> and did, uh, how how those physical challenges affect you mentally? Did it did it change your outlook on anything? Oh yes, it made me very thankful for my health for so many years. I, but I, I still am very thankful because I'm still fairly active. You know, I'm 82. I don't expect to be as spry as I once was, but I've had therapy and I'm doing very, very well, extremely well for for my age. And for that, I'm thankful. But no, mentally, I think, think it truly gave me time to be more reflective about the important things in life. I can take a bit more time to sit down and and read, do crossword puzzles love the fact that I can sit down now and not feel like I have to be up doing things. That's the one thing I regret. I always had to be busy doing something and not, it wasn't a compulsion like I have to do it. It's just who I was. But now I can sit down and see the table needs dusting and just stay in my chair. <laughs> That's great, Grandma. And one quote I've heard recently, which you just reminded me of, is from Ed Milet. He has this saying that that you don't have to uh you don't have to believe everything you think and everything you think isn't true and mm -hmm. i think as we deal with a lot of these physical challenges and as you mentioned some of those things you were going through lots of thoughts and things can come into your head or you can easily get discouraged i loved how you pointed out earlier with you know with our faith foundation and constantly meditating on those things that we know to be true we can be able to cast out any of those thoughts that go against that. Absolutely. It's a one in particularly I thought of, especially during the Easter Lent studies, is uh, when they questioned what the young man had done because he was blind in the Bible. And I really think if there's one thing I would let everyone know is God doesn't punish us. He's already punished Jesus for all of those things. 
But when things happen that we consider bad, it's so important to look upon and give thanks because there's a reason for it. It it doesn't just happen accidentally. And we are, everyone is going to have ills in their life. And it's easy to think somehow we're to blame for them. But it's just, it's really, Philip, it's just the wages of sin. I mean, we brought, the human race brought these ills on themselves, but we have someone who is taking care of them. And we'll see us through it, no matter what, with joy. And we can find joy in it. Amen. For sure. So I want to do something fun now, Grandma. Okay. Believe it or not, I had reached out to several individuals in our family and asked them what their favorite grandma or grandpa-ism was or their favorite saying. And you hit one that was on my list, pretty and prettier from grandpa. That's, That's one of my most memorable. The other one from you, which I was trying to maybe draw out of you a little bit, that stuck with me a long time is get over it. Oh my gosh. I'm known for that, Philip. I want you to give some perspective on your advice to people and when you would tell them to get over it. Oh, it's usually when they were feeling down, mistreated, like someone else did something. Truly, the only way we as beings can do that is if somehow we think we deserve more. Or somehow we think we should not be treated a certain way. And I just wanted the children to know if someone hurt their feelings, it was by their permission. And don't assume that it's the other person's fault. Just get over it. Deal with it. Face it. Because it's going to happen. We all are going to have disappointments in life. But the thing to dwell on it and allow it to affect your attitude is really punishing yourself great advice great advice Mm -hmm. and you hit on the next one which was no one can make you feel badly without your permission (laughs) right you know the first time i heard that was i was a young girl in school elementary school and i had two friends that i'd gone mostly through elementary school with and one day the two of them decided they weren't going to talk to me i don't for whatever reason i don't remember i just remember (laughs) that they walked off and left me. That's great. (laughs) And I went home and shared it with my mom. And I said, and they really hurt my feelings. And she said, and you allowed them to? And it really kind of got my attention. I thought, yes, I did. And that's my fault. I can just find someone else to talk to. (laughs) That's perfect. And and it goes right along with a, a saying that's hanging here in my office. Happiness is not a destination. It's a way of life. Oh, absolutely. We can choose we can choose how to respond to anything that happens to us and and I like the philosophy too that many say that things happen for us, not to us absolutely and absolutely. Um, so that's that's great advice so get over it. no one can make you feel badly without your permission. everybody remember that <laughs> The next one I have on my list here is I think this might be a grandpaism if you're not going to read God's word with your children, don't feed them that day either that was a perfect point. I mean, and he carried that analogy farther. He just said, if you decided not to eat for a week, do you think your body's going to get weak? And will you recognize it? And of course, all the children said, yes, I would be hungry. And he said, well, you know, the scary thing is, if you don't read God's word for a week, your body doesn't tell you. And that's because 
God is the one that feeds you. And the only way you're going to be fed is to stay around the word. For sure. And it was wonderful. I mean, that was a lesson to me as well. Amen. Amen. The other one on here related to that is there are three ways to avoid becoming or staying a Christian. Stay away from reading God's word. Don't bother praying to God and stay away from people who are Christian. Perfect. That was Bob's. He always said that. Yeah. <laughs> you may have just said that, but I remember he said that a lot. Uh, yeah. when he was... Next one. First rate people surround themselves with first rate people. Second rate people surround themselves with third and fourth rate people. And that's true, too. Bob used that a lot, especially in his, he did a lot of lecturing early in the professional field. That was always somewhere in one of his lectures. Do you remember Bob ever, ever being discouraged and coming back? And do you remember a time that you were able to help give Bob perspective or, or encourage him on any, any issues that he might've been dealing with? Or was he always, cause he always just kind of seemed like sort of a rock. Well, he did, and that's the way he appeared. But there were times like when he had to take early retirement, and he was reaching an age where he was very concerned because we still had children in college. And he just was really very down. For Bob, he was down. He couldn't find a positive approach to it, what was going to happen. And I, being me, said, okay, Bob, all this time you've been telling me how you're supposed to trust God. I think it's time for you to trust God. Later that evening, I was doing dishes, and he came and put his arms around me, and he said, do you know, those were the best words you could have told me, because I was worried for how it was going to happen, and we've never been let down by God. Thank you for saying that. Bob was always good about coming back later and thanking me for things. That's awesome. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But Philip, it's normal for a man who's used to supporting his family and everything to have fear at times like that. You can't help it. It's just human nature. Yeah. And that's why it's so important, especially as you're choosing a spouse who you're going to spend so much time with. But even when you're choosing your other friend circles and people you spend time with, that you're around those positive people, those those people that share your values and your faith and, Mm -hmm. and can give you that godly guidance and perspective in those times. And you're not stuck getting bad advice from from the wrong people. And we need that in our life, and we need to be that for others. Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. All right, another good one. The world is waiting to climb your frame, burn you down, and kick your ashes. One of his teachers, he was always throwing out little sayings like that to the class, but that's one that he mentioned over and over when the kids would complain, and he would just remind them they're living in a world, and this is the world. And I, I really like that one. I thought that was one that, that good perspective. It's clever. It's got a little. It's got a little pun at the end, which is good. Yeah, it's it, a clever. And one. it, it also lets us know that be ready for anything. Yeah, that's why we need to stay strong in our faith because there are those around us who really need us no good. For sure, definitely. Speaking of doing no good, well, it's not the last one. So this this next one. You cannot give offense. Only others can choose to take it. It's kind of the converse of, of what we said earlier. Yeah. But, um, I, I really, that was, that was mine. The kids, we often discuss why anytime anyone wanted to share their faith in a conversation, someone would take offense. And we see that all around us today. But it's not giving offense when you share your faith or you share an idea or you share something that someone else doesn't agree with. You're not giving offense to them. 
but they choose to take it as an offense. And so many of us feel like we shouldn't do it because of that, but that's not true. It's the other person that is at fault and they take offense. That's a super interesting perspective. And I really think that other person is showing you who they are. Right. And when they do that, they're, they're almost reflecting people talk about mirroring in a way to like negotiate and build rapport Mm -hmm. with people, but they're almost reflecting back who they are and projecting it onto you. Absolutely. Um, And it's quieted a lot of people who have much good to offer in conversation, but for fear that they might give offense, when they aren't giving offense at all, they're expressing their thoughts. I don't think it should quiet people. I think they should be very careful and loving in the way they express their thoughts, but I don't think they should refrain from expressing themselves where it's appropriate. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's tough today. It's really hard, especially in this politically correct sort of environment we live in. It's almost impossible at times. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. All right. In life, you only know the way you went. Oh, that's a Bob. Is that a Bob? Yeah. Any perspective on that one? No regret. Forge ahead. Forge ahead. Don't focus on the past. Learn from it and and move forward. He often followed it. He often followed it because we would be having conversation and then he'd say, well, you know, if Luther, finally it comes down to it, as Luther said, in the road of life, you come to the fork of the road, both sides brought with sin. Go and sin bravely, knowing that Christ died for that too. Amen. And that gave a lot of confidence to the kids because making decisions is hard for any of us. For sure. And we can be worried that, you know, we're not making the right decision in business or in church or which direction we should go with this COVID-19 stuff. We were, you know, trying to figure out what to do. Do we close down service completely? Do we continue giving communion? And we we could go ahead feeling all guilty with the guilt trip. That's counterproductive to life. For sure. And we have that gospel freedom, which is so comforting. And that's great. Great advice. I never pray for patience. I just pray for good kids. That's mine. Was that yours? And I do. I remember very early in life. I, I always, every place we lived, usually I would meet my neighbors and people at church and all. And we women would get together once a week and have a little Bible study and the kids could play. Oftentimes we'd do little crafts as we were visiting. But we always prayed. <laughs> One morning, two or three of the ladies prayed for patience with their children. And after they were finished, I said, ladies, I would never pray for patience. <laughs> I don't want my kids to be bad so that I have <laughs> right. to have more patience. I pray for good kids. And they all looked at me like I had two heads. Oh and I said, no, 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 I, I really, I don't want more patience. I just want my kids to be good. That's great. It's well, so interesting that, to me uh, that you could have uh, that, that different perspective. And they're so similar. Like, they're so similar. They're like, it's like such a little nuance. But most is. people that would hear someone praying for more patience, like, wouldn't think anything of it. But I no, love no. I love your perspective on it, and it really just completely changes the w- the way you think about that. Oh, it really does. Absolutely, it does, and it works because I had five wonderful children. <laughs> Thanks be to God for sure. Oh, He has blessed me so richly, and twelve wonderful grandchildren. And now two great grandchildren. There you go. I'm there so thankful. Go. All right, Grandma, we're winding down. I got another good one here. It's kind of along the lines that we've been talking about. You can choose to be miserable or happy. If you choose to be miserable, it's your own fault. 
Well, as you know, that was mine too. You'll get a you will get a kick out of this. Catherine, Bill's daughter, Katie, and that goes by Kate. So I stumble over her name every time I say it. <laughs> You're all good. <laughs> I do the same. I do the same. Well, anyhow, every time she sees me, she will say, "Oh, Grandma, favorite saying of yours." I used to pout, and, and she did. She would get her feelings hurt and go off and pout. And she says, every time I did that, it just still rings in my ear when I get that feeling. It's, well, if you want to be miserable, it's your own fault. And she said, I really take that hard. I think about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I relate to that one a lot myself. <laughs> you know, And I think what you're saying, basically, when you feel miserable, you're all focused on you. And you're focused yeah. on internally selfish thoughts and not thinking about other people and considering others better than yourself. And Phil, we want our way. And we are thinking that the other person might have a reason not to respond the way we want them to. It's just a very selfish approach to life. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Grandma, I've loved this conversation and I'm so thrilled that you took some time to have it with me. It's going to go down in history and many people are going to be able to hear this great knowledge, all these years of perspective and knowledge that your family's benefited from. Before we close sure. out, do you, have, do you have any final thoughts or perspectives that if you could share them with future generations, who knows how many generations are to come, but if you could tell them anything that we haven't covered today, what would it be? Stay positive in your outlook, but trust God to go ahead of you and make way for you in this world because he's there really to lead you. Just follow him and be thankful. Thanksgiving is the beginning of, of our walk with God. Be thankful in all things. Gratitude is the attitude. I like it. Oh, ooh, I like that very much. I'm pretty sure I stole that. I don't think I invented that. Well, I, I've never <laughs> heard it, Philip. That needs to be, as George Strait says, on the refrigerator door. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Grandma, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your perspective with the world. I know it's going to bring our listeners a ton of value as it has to your whole family. Thank you so much. And I love you so much. And I can't wait till we see each other again and and spend some time together. Well, thank you for giving me this time. And I love you, darling. God keep you. And my love to you. Love to all. Bye now. Bye now. If you enjoyed today's show, follow the Go Lead Everything podcast so you will always get the latest episodes. For more great content daily, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RealPhilSwanson, Facebook and LinkedIn at Philip Swanson, and subscribe to the Philip Swanson channel on YouTube. That's Philip with one L like the Bible. Now go lead.